including Marku and the guru who you're going to hear in just a few minutes. And here's the deal. We're not from around here, but we live here now, and we love the sports in this town. It's a great sports town, so we're just bringing some of that East Coast energy here. So here's the deal. You can count on us to be homers. We're here to cover the teams, analyze the decisions, and second-guess everybody. But make no mistake, we're rooting for Seattle every time. Unless they're playing the Phillies, of course. So that's it. All your Seattle sports, all in one pod. If it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the wash. We got a big show here. Let me bring in my man, Marku. Marku from the uh, the Seattle's sports uh, Twitter account. That's at Seattle sports with an S, Seattle sports. Marku, man, it's good to talk to you. Been a while. What's good, man? A much needed vacation. I got to say the Mariners have been boring me, so I'm, I'm happy to be back with football, though. Yeah, man, had to come back, though, because football's starting up. Finally, something interesting to talk about. It got brutal. It wore us uh, wore us down for a little bit there. And then, uh, you know, end of the summer, people got stuff going on. And uh, you know what? Water under the bridge. We are back for football season. I got to tell you, I knew it was getting close, Marku. I went up to my local uh, Lowe's here to to finish out some summer yard work, and there was a, there was Seahawks uh, chairs and tents around the grills, and I thought, oh, it's in the air. And, and now here it is right on us. Week one, big show this week. We've got Seahawks week one, uh, win over Cincinnati. We've got UW's embarrassing loss in week two. We've got the Mariners limping to the end of the season because that's still going on. we got the Storm uh, ending up their season and getting ready for their uh, to defend their title as the number six seed in the playoffs we got the sounders hanging on to uh hanging on a second in the western conference the rain fighting for a playoff spot uh, we got uh we got the college wrap up on the show we've got the the final minor league report and we're even going to talk about a brand new team name back with a vengeance here on uh, on the wash but uh marku i understand you got something you want to lead with I do got some millennials. I just want to throw out a millennial reference before we go out there because you threw in the Lowe's reference. Uh, you know, thanks a lot. But uh, you know, you know, it's football season. Send when that all check. The white, yeah, when all the white claw is gone, they're, <laughs> they're all the white claw was out <laughs> of stock. They have a shortage across the country. I saw it on CNN the other day. Uh, very funny. So football season's back. Everyone's getting drunk. It's fun. Yeah, drink um, beer. Yeah, it's football season. Yeah, yeah, but dude, you gotta get that seltzer, bro. I don't know. It's 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 the it's the millennial age, man. It's the difference between <laughs> you and me. It's it's just how it is. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to bring something up because I saw a report on the Wall Street Journal with Kevin Durant just absolutely demolishing Oklahoma City. Um, basically, oh, I saw this. Oh, you saw this? Yeah, it, hilarious stuff because he he just hated the way they treated him after he left. Obviously, uh, you know, most of the country kind of did, but. Well, you know, it wasn't. T- it wasn't the nicest way to go. Let's be honest. Kevin Durant sort of, uh, uh, sort of flipped off Oklahoma. Not flipped them off. I mean, he just he he just disappeared. He ghosted on Oklahoma City. You know what I mean? And uh, and showed no, up. I get it. Showed up with a rival and won a couple of rings. I get uh, why they're upset. At the same time, you do you, KD man. Get the fuck out of that town. They're all liars and cheats. Dude, I just love it. Fuck Oklahoma, no matter what. Uh, so basically, Oklahoma City, uh, you know, toxic, toxic environment created over there. Uh, he said, I will never be attached to that city again because of what happened. Um, eventually, he wanted to come back to the city and be part of the community and the organization. But 
he doesn't trust anyone there anymore. He said everything's fake. It was all shit over there, all bullshit. So just, just uh, you know, more, more anything that brings the Thunder down just makes me super happy. They lost Westbrook over the summer. You know, they're finally processing. So I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm a, I was a very pleased. I, I'm a, their GM did a great job getting a haul for the trades this summer. But this is this is the end of the era uh, down there in, in Oklahoma City. They are officially rebuilding. Everybody's cleaned out. There's a, there's a nothing left uh, from that Seattle era down there. And uh, and Katie saying it was toxic going down. You know, he said exactly the opposite about Seattle. He was here for a preseason game last year, wore the Kemp jersey, uh, addressed the crowd. Later, he talked to uh, somebody. I don't know where it was, uh, but he said that uh, one day he would like to i think it was a business insider i think is where i saw it is that he would uh, he'd love to uh to own uh, a team in seattle someday like he'd love to come back and and own a team here in seattle so uh you know that's exactly the opposite of experience in oklahoma city and and you know what fuck them uh, i hope the curse of seattle <laughs> remains i hope they never win a championship at, at least until Seattle gets a team, maybe even till Seattle wins a championship. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta, there's gotta be some sort of release here in Seattle on the basketball before we, before Oklahoma city gets it. Let that curse oh, run forever. I couldn't agree more, man. I'm absolutely sick of the thunder. I, I'm, I'm out here playing 2k 20. It just came out. And uh, you, you what really grinds my gears is it's just playing the Oklahoma city thunder and seeing the, the Sonics banners up in the rafters in the stadium in the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? They don't give a shit about the Sonics over there no, like, at all. Like, the, I mean, Kevin Durant, if he had a choice, I'm sure he would have rather stayed in Seattle. Oklahoma, are you kidding? Yeah, we've talked about that before. They they don't deserve the right to the uh, the Seattle legacy. You know what? That's a new team there. You got a new team. You leave you leave the green and gold here in Seattle. Absolutely. And uh, Absolutely. we get it back when we get a team. That's that's how it actually works in the contract. Till then, if you're buying Sonic stuff, you're putting money in Clay Bennett's pocket. But uh, but when we get the team back, we get the Sonics uh, back as well here in Seattle. That's the agreement. Mm, that's good to know. I did not know. Th- I I, I got to read those fine details. Yeah, it's in, it's in the fine print. So let's uh. <laughs> Let's move on for a second here and talk about uh, talk about the the big stories of the week, and that is of course uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I got my man, uh, the Guru. We're getting ready to call him. Told him we'd give him a call because we're bringing him in to talk about Week One in the Seahawks. The uh, the the win over Cincinnati, not quite what all of us were hoping for, I'm sure here uh, as the as the season began, but a win nonetheless. W counts for a W. Uh, let's uh, let's give the Guru a call and see what he's got to say. What do you say, Marco? Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guru, Guru, are you there, man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fellas, how you guys doing, man? There he is. Welcome back to the wash, man. I know it's been a while, man. How have you guys been? Marku, Lestro, it's been a while, man. What's going on? It's what, season one of the real season? Exactly. We were happy that baseball is almost over. We got football to talk about. Not, Not preseason football. Real, actual, honest-to-God Seahawks football. And so, of course, with that, we have to go to our man, the Guru. The Guru you can hear every week with me, anywhere you can find a podcast on Trash Talk Radio from the uh, the World of Sports Network. And, and you can find him every day on uh, on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. It's just his thoughts over there on Instagram. Guru, uh, we got a lot to talk about with the Seahawks here uh, in, in Week 1 and a preview of Week 2 against the Steelers. But I say we just start uh, right at the top. Let's, let's get a few things off the bat. This is a big win. You got to get a win in Week 1. One, uh, it's the most important thing. But this, uh, especially, you can't get lit up by the Bengals at home. But this, uh, this, this did not go the way we had hoped this week, right? 
Oh, absolutely not. But in a sense, though, it, 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 the end result is what we wanted. We just didn't like the process, how we got to the end result. But at the end of the day, I think we all could sleep good at night saying we got the end result. So and what happens to me is it's is, is great having a guy like Russell Wilson. This just pays so much homage and just to have a guy like Russell Wilson through this process. With any other quarterback, that game would have been a loss for the Seahawks. But when you have a great leader like Russell Wilson, when you need those clutch plays, it's like we knew it all in our hearts, man. Everybody knew it. Russ, when you have Russ in the game, we're going to come through because Russ is always going to make sure he comes through in the clutch. And at the end of the day, Russ came through for us in this game. Yeah, Russ showed why you pay an elite quarterback. Uh, you know, we were the, – the, 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 the secondary just got totally lit up, especially at the beginning of this game, and, and just looked terrible. And it was it was just knowing that that Russ was was back there getting go. Russ uh, had a we went fourteen for twenty with one hundred ninety six yards and two touchdowns. But still, I had some questions about the play call in there. They only targeted Lockett twice. He had one catch, forty four yards and a touchdown. Uh, they only targeted him twice uh, at. On one, but on the other side, uh, DK Metcalf looked great. Uh, uh, four catches for 89 yards. Uh, what do you think of the receiver core here, Guru? I love the receiving core. I love how it's developing right now. Obviously, the, it's the opening game. And let me just make this first and foremost. This is going to be a run-first team. Without anything, it's going to be a run-first team. So it's not going to be one of those aired-out type of offense or receiving core. So this is, let me just put that out the way. But I was very impressed with the receiving core. I'm not too worried about the target with Lockett and, and Russell. We know the relationship they have. I'm more interested to see about uh, the establishment between DK and Russ. Because I know in any weeks, Russ and Lockett, in fact, when we needed it, Lockett got the big play for us. So I'm not too worried about that relationship as much as week one. I'm more happy about how Russ and DK look like they're lighting it up and it looks like they're connected. Uh, and moving forward, that would be huge for the entire receiving core because that would give the defense of two men, that would put the defense there in a very uh, bad situation because, like I told you, I love Chris Carson and being a run for the deep, uh, offense. Now the defense got to play honest with Russ in the backfield. We do got the $100 million quarterback in the back, uh, not playing quarterback for us. So it's everything is building up to what the identity of what the Seahawks want to be. Run first and then throw the deep ball to DK Metcalf. And when you need another special play, you have Tyler Lockett. So you just it just fits the exact profile, in my opinion. All right, so let's talk about that run first uh, option here for a second because that didn't even look particularly good this week. Carson had 46 yards. Penny had 18 yards. And Russ was, was under pressure all day. Uh, what is going on with that offensive line, and can they shore this up, Guru? Absolutely, they can shore this line. They can shore it's the first game. I know it's pretty. Yeah, Jermaine Fitty had a horrible, horrible game. Um, he gave up a couple of sacks, and he had a couple of penalties on him, and that's the right tackle, right guard, um, Jermaine Fitty. So he, he he struggled tremendously last game. But this is this is the thing when you when you have a guy like Russ. You know, uh, we, he, he could hide some of those deficiencies because of the way he moves around. And also, Russ do give, because of his moving around, give, do cause some more sacks for that cause himself to get sacked. So we also got to keep that in mind. And at the end of the day, because of Russ's style of play, the offensive line is always going to be a question mark. But in my opinion, as long as they come together 
and feel how Russ play, uh, they're going to be all right. I think this is a, not a great offensive line unit, but I do think when they come together, they'll be a very good unit. I do like Justin Britt over there at the center. Um, I, I mean, I think together, all together by week seven, going on moving forward, I think they're going to come together and, and it's going to be another dominant Ron Bluff offensive line. That's a yeah, whole- man, after those. After the stock options that Russ gave him, I thought they protect him a little bit better. I, I don't know. Yeah, see, that was the thing for me is that it just didn't look right back there. Uh, but I gotta, it, it is the first game of the year, and we don't want to read too much into it because these guys, this is kind of, especially that first half, was kind of like a preseason game. You know, it was it was I've, sort of like the final tune-up before. Then the second half, they started to figure it out a little bit more. But, but Guru, switch over to the other side of the ball then. Let's talk about the defense because I said before, the secondary uh, looked like, especially in the beginning of the game, they, they didn't look like they knew what they were doing at all. Everybody was open all the time for Andy. Dalton. <laughs> Absolutely. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton looked at MVP out there, man. Andy right, Dalton we made him. Like, <laughs> he was throwing the ball like Lamar Jackson. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, there was, a, there was a few miscommunications out in the secondary, especially the young kid over there, Trey Flowers. I, I struggled tremendously. And, and we all knew the secondary was going to be a, a work in progress coming into this season. Uh, we knew the defensive line was the more people actually paid attention to the defensive line because of the departure of Frank Clark, but the guys did a great job as far as um, handling that situation with Ziggy and obviously Clowney. But the second day, was, we really didn't have an upgrade or anything of that. We were riding with the young kids in a sense, and Trey Flowers is, you know, he's a young kid, so he had a, he had a bad game. Let's just put it right out. He had a horrible game. Flat out had a horrible game. And we just got to, he just got to come back strong and hopefully he learned from that because there was a few blown coverages and it's, it's technical mistakes, put it like that. And, and something I think those are fixable errors and I don't expect him to continue this type of struggle. Now, it's the kind of thing that's a, a lot easier to put oh, behind sorry. you when you got a win. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's a lot easier to put behind you and say, okay, learn from it when, it, when it's a win in the end. Marco, what were you saying? Yeah, well, what about Ziggy Ansa? He was inactive last week, so is, is that going to be a serious injury? Is he going to be back no, anytime soon from that surgery? Absolutely. Or? absolutely. I just saw, I just actually saw somewhere, um, I believe somewhere like the Seattle Times I read, Bob Condor said uh, uh, he's going to be playing. Um, Pete said he's going to be playing this Sunday, so we're going to have Ziggy this wow, Sunday. Wow, that's quicker than I thought. Nice. Uh, so nice. Ziggy's one of the big pickups in the offseason. The other one, of course, was uh, was Jadavian Clowney, who uh, you know just got here, but seemed to spend a lot of time on the field. Sure. This, this this yeah, game showed his showed his presence. Uh, he, he definitely showed his presence, showed his a glimpse of what he could do right now with uh, in the Seahawks. Man. I love Jadavian Clowney, man. I, like I told you guys, he's a man when he comes to a run blocking. You can't run against that guy, and he just. And he's an above, above average pass rusher as well. So he made his present felt this week on his very first game. So I expect Pick up a sack. Exactly. And especially him paying for that contract. He's playing for that <laughs> bag. So I expect him to be putting everything he got this season playing for the Seahawks. Every game, basically, every sack is worth a million dollars for him. All right, so the uh, it's a 21-20 win against the Cincinnati Bengals, who nobody expect too much of. Uh, but a win's a win, especially in Week One. You got to get that. You got to get that W under the belt. Week Two, now we turn to uh, turn to the, uh, Pittsburgh on the other side, the AFC North, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, the hated Pittsburgh Steelers uh, here in Seattle, the cheating bastards. Uh, another cheating <laughs> bastards, Marco. Uh, the uh, 
you know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who had their had their own problems this weekend, uh, who uh, their they lost, uh, got their their asses handed to them uh, by the by the oh, Patriots. Yeah. Uh, now, Guru, in that game, were the Steelers that bad, or were the Patriots that good? And what can we expect to see out there in Pittsburgh? I think that was a combination of both in that game. Uh, the Steelers are not really that bad. It's just they're that bad when they play against New England. But moving forward, uh, I just I, I particularly don't like this matchup uh, personally for this for the Seahawks. I definitely don't like that West Coast or East Coast swing, and I believe this is going to be an early morning game, so it's going to be like a 10, 10 o'clock game for the Hawks. So, I don't. I never liked that swing for the West Coast team, and the Hawks don't really have a good record of going to the East Coast this early in the season. And at the end of the day, I don't expect the Steelers to perform the same way they did back to back. Um, I have respect for Mike Tomlin. Big Ben is a big time quarterback, and the way our system is, as far as I cover through scheme, um, I think they're going to have some success. Big Ben has some receivers, and I see him, especially Andy Dalton's success. So I see them having a little bit of success and 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 just just with just the whole east coast west coast thing i just think the, the Steelers are gonna uh pull this one out i just don't like the matchup personally this going going into pittsburgh in week two especially the way our offensive line is playing the way that pittsburgh got excellent pass rushers uh with you know tj watt and uh, and the young boy they just drafted and um, the guy, uh, and the other young boy they drafted a couple of years ago from Kentucky, so they're very loaded right there in the in the, in the D line. So that's, they're going to give us a bit, a bit of a problem uh, on, on Sunday. But I expect a very close game as normal, a very very tight ball game. Uh, but us coming down short, probably us losing twenty to twenty one next week. That's not quite what I wanted to hear there, Guru. But I appreciate your honest analysis on the Seahawks uh, as we go forward. Got to keep it, got to keep it honest here on the Wash. We're uh, we're we're fans, but we're not uh, we're not stupid about it. Uh, I am. I I hope it goes the other way. I think uh, I think the Steelers look confused. I think they got to go out and prove it. And uh, until the Steelers do anything other than than shoot themselves in the foot out there on a Sunday, which feels like what they've been doing for at least the past year, uh, I I still feel like the Seahawks have to ride in as the favorite on this one you know like if they come out and at least showed up against the Patriots last week I'd be like okay but they just it just it was like like a clown car uh, a, a, a yellow and black clown car uh, running around there with uh, with <laughs> with the Patriots so I hope I hope you're wrong, but uh, but get always get the uh, always get the honest analysis here on the wash. So, Guru. Uh, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I absolutely hope I'm wrong too, man. But I do pay respect. Mike Tomlin is a Super Bowl winning coach. So is Big Ben, and those guys are you know they are winners now. So they they don't lose back to back games too often. Yeah, like I that. got I got the Steelers winning this thing too, because just because yeah, I respect the Steelers too much and Mike Tomlin, but they're not gonna go 0 and 2 and you know after after that disrespect they got from AB which I want to touch on real quick a little bit like I, I doubt they they'll let the season uh fall apart or anything like that so uh, I'm with I'm with Guru on this one but yeah speak, speaking of AB um what do you, what are your thoughts on that uh what, what the whole situation cuz apparently the Seahawks reached out to him after he got released by the Raiders Oh, absolutely. We're not surprised, man. The Seahawks is one of those organizations that could handle high, high, let me say, high guys with those, with those type of deeper personalities. A high-maintenance high player. <laughs> a, a, high, 
fitness v- diva type guy. So they diva. All, you know, there's they certain organization I have a problem child. I, I think they have a strong, yeah, exactly. They have a strong, a strong culture, and I think the Hulk should be one of those organizations. And at the end of the day, AB value he is a value. You know, you he, when he plays for your team, he does bring value. It's one of the top three or top two, no, no number one receiver in the league. So that's that's nothing we that's 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 needed. That's what this game is about. So you could always inquire to get more talent. There's nothing wrong with inquiring to get more talent. And we do have Schneider right there as our GM now. So, you know, he knows how to acquire talent. Yeah, boy, howdy. I'll tell you what, though. I'm glad he didn't come here because a guy I know, a real smart guy I know, says all the time that uh, that players win games, but chemistry wins championships. You know that guy, Guru? Oh, it's you! Uh, chemistry yeah. wins championships. And uh, and I, I, I don't think a, a locker room with A.B. A, uh, has the chemistry to win a championship. But we'll see. We'll see what the Patriots can do with him because I'll tell you what, they looked pretty good without him uh, this weekend. All right, Guru, thank you for joining us on The Wash. We appreciate it, my friend. If you're looking for Guru, you can find him every day on on instagram at gurus film room gurus film room it's just his thoughts and of course with me every week on trash talk radio anywhere you can find podcasts and at trashtalkradio.com guru thanks as always for joining us here on the wash appreciate it, y'all fellas you have a good night thanks guru all right, Marku, back just us here. Our thanks, as always, to the guru joining us on the Seahawks. We'll be here every week on the Wash to talk uh, talk a little football, uh, give us a, his, his views on the Seahawks, uh, and as always, find him on Guru's Film Room and Instagram and with me on Trash Talk Radio. Uh, Marku, we go before we move on to other things though. We gotta we gotta talk some more football here because uh, as as great as the the Seahawks pulling one out uh, was that uh, Saturday up there at, at Husky Stadium was not the way we had hoped this would go. A bit of an embarrassing loss for the Huskies. I, uh, I understand you were there. Oh man, it wasn't just embarrassing; it was excruciating. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. <laughs> I was there. Um, got lucky. I, th- I thought I got lucky, so I, I was on TickPick.com. Um, by the way, you guys should sponsor us. Damn uh, right, send that check. <laughs> and uh, they they just looking for tickets, right? And I found some front row seats that were like thirty bucks. I was like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna take that. That's crazy. I've never seen tickets drop that low. Yeah, that's nuts. Apparently, some. What time was it? Yeah. So- uh, it was like around two o'clock and the game started at seven. So that's what, so that's what happened. I bought the tickets. Right. And I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. This is great. Whatever. Going to the game front row seats. But apparently the guy selling tickets knew that there was a huge storm coming because yeah. I got, to, I got to the game, man. Great environment. First, uh, first five and a half minutes, super loud electric crowd. UW was actually pretty dominant in those moments. Uh, but five minutes into the game, we got this weather warning just came on the screen and everyone just stood there kind of in disbelief, not really sure to, to if, it, if it was really true or not, because there was no rain, there was nothing really happening. And and then everyone, all the staff was like, yo, you guys got to get out of here. This is a crazy lightning storm coming. So we all got up and got out. And two and a half hours later, the game gets going again. And, oh, man, just UW, UW did not bounce back. They did not come out of the, wait a minute, the, wait a minute, wait a minute. the you, locker room looking good. Did you stick around uh, for the, the two and a half hours? Up. The crowd was basically all gone, so Hang on. UW had, had a tough loss. Yeah, yeah, I saw the crowd was mostly gone for that. Did you stay for the two and a half hours? No, so uh, I so I went home. You can, for, for, oh, right. for UW, you can... Yeah, you live up, up near the U District. Yeah, I live in the U District, so I, I, I went home and came back, and because on TV, the coach was like, everyone, get back to the stadium, call your parents, call your friends, Get them back here, like you know, we got a game. Uh, ten thirty starts at ten thirty, so 
got back to the stadium at 10 30 and it and you could just tell it was just you know everyone gave up it was two and a half hours uh and i, I don't blame them it was yeah. a crazy storm the the, the lightning was insane uh, the thunder was insane it looked like the rain wasn't gonna let up so and we weren't getting really any good warnings or or any you know good information so but the crowd left and i really think that impacted basically everything it just kept cal in the game uh cal won 20 to 19 it snapped the UW's 15-game home winning streak, which is the fourth longest in the country. So just, just really, really uh, excruciating is the best way to ex- explain how that game went. Yeah, you know, we may have called for the fans to all come back to the game. I wish you had called for the team to come back because it was uh, not quite the same UW squad uh, that came out uh, exactly. came out after that. Uh, so let's talk about the 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 big the big question here, though. Uh, UW with the loss, by the way, drops to number twenty three in the AP poll. Not not what you had hoped uh, to start this season uh, if you're if you're the Huskies, but. Still real early, but let's talk about Let's get into this here, because the, the big controversy, if you will, is the end of this game and, and how Peterson played his his uh, his timeouts uh, for the for the end of this game and, and how he played the end of it. So it's it's 1917 with 44 seconds left and and the Huskies uh, make a, a stop. Right. They uh, they make a big defensive stop uh, to stop a touchdown. And this this basically it all but ensures the loss uh, then after mm-hmm. that because they uh, they hang on, they, they kick a field goal after a series of, like, screwing up his timeouts and, and throwing things off. Uh, they, they, they get the field goal. They get the ball back with no time. Now, the, thing, the question is, should he have let him score? Should they have run that touchdown, let that touchdown go? It becomes 24-19. Now you've got three timeouts and, and 38 full seconds to get down the field to try and score. What do you do, Marku? Man, I I don't know because UW's defense did not show up. I would not have just let them, uh, you know, and their offense wasn't showing up. There was just nothing clicking on the offense. The receivers were dropping every pass. Uh, Jacob Eason didn't throw a ball longer than 10 yards, so – it's hard to say. There's yeah, not like the guy we saw that. the first week. And and by the way, that we I know that was uh, Eastern, uh, and they they really should roll all over Eastern. But still, not not the guy we saw. It didn't look like the same quarterback. Right, right. So UW played uh, last week a warm up game against Eastern. He's taking Eastern through four touchdowns, killed it. Um, but this week, just like uh, it was, I, I think it was a lot of the energy. Two and a half hours is a long delay, and I really just think it helped Cal. A lot of the Cal fans had nowhere to go, so they stuck around. Um, so. Yeah, but yeah, at the end, just... would you have would you have gone for it? Would you have tried Eason to, to take it down in those thirty eight seconds, or do you? I mean, no, I I, I wouldn't have because he, you try and he, make he the stop and, and ice the kicker. I would try to make the stop. Um, so yeah, in the second half, basically we couldn't stop the run at all. So yeah, I, I just didn't trust any. I don't know. I didn't trust any part of the team. I would have tried. I would have. I would have tried to ice the kicker. I would have done what what Peterson did. I don't think it would have been smart to just let him score a touchdown there. You know, I, I think that there, there are this, all these different variables to think that this cow kicker might miss because they had the worst offense in the, in the pack 12 last year. So I do understand his, his reasoning. So, but, but it's just, the, I'm telling you, man, it's the, the vibe in the stadium was, if, if there were 70,000 people in that stadium, he would have missed that kick for sure. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, like you said, it was it was electric. Uh, no pun intended. Dude, with, with the lightning uh, coming in uh, there as as well. All right, so it was great. So next week, uh, game three, they got a, another home game against Hawaii this afternoon. Uh, what do we know about this? Yeah, so so they got, got a, a game against Hawaii out of conference, kind of kind of a little little uh, game they should win. Uh, they had a ninety percent chance uh, to win against Cal, so things are just 
really up in the air right now for this UW team. I'm not I'm not positive they're going to really win this game because I, I'm not sure where this offense really stands because Cal put them in their place last week. And, and then the defense, um, the running defense really got, got through them. I think the Cal almost got 200 rushing yards in the game. And uh, that's just something that, that UW really has to worry about. It's that rush defense. Um, make sure Jacob Eason, you know, has confidence as a receivers because a lot of the a lot of uh, you know, a lot of plays were just drop passes on on Saturday. So, uh, you yeah, know, it'll be interesting. All right, another game they should win. Uh, hopefully, they pull this out. We got to move back up those rankings if you want to try and make a, a high bowl game and go for it. I was hoping they would be a uh, another black sheep, uh, another another long shot appearance in the playoffs. But you're uh, you're losing to Cal in week two. At least it's week exactly. two, you know, is the only thing you can say. All right, what else we need yeah. to talk about here in college football? Do we need to talk about uh, the Cougars, obviously, right? Yeah, and before we talk about three, I just got to add, uh, you know, last year we also lost to Cal, and that knocked us out. We lost 12 to 10 at their place. So we have a history of just not really putting up a lot of points against them. But but the Washington State Cougars, man, they can put up points. <laughs> they, they played a couple of – yeah, so, so they played uh, Northern Colorado. It's their FCS team, so just another big warm-up game. They played New Mexico State the first week. Uh, two big blowout games. They won this week 59 to 19, uh, just putting up huge – you know, yeah, they went the, the numbers uh, from our quarterback. The other direction in the poll, going from uh, from twenty two to twenty uh, this week. Yeah, quarterback Anthony Gordon threw for four hundred and sixty four yards and four touchdowns for the Cougars. That is that's a hell of a day. That's a, as Guru was saying. That's a Lamar Jackson type uh, type day out there uh, this week. So another big win. But again, just warm up games. Uh, what about week three? Are we uh, we gonna play a real team this week? Week three, uh, pretty big game. We got Houston at home. Uh, on Saturday night on ESPN, so a primetime game, nationally televised, pretty big game. Uh, all, you know, first game that's not too overmatched. Uh, so, so it's gonna be a good, good, good test for for the Cougars and this young quarterback. Uh, speaking of uh, Cougar quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew oh, yeah, actually had, a, yeah, he uh, stepped in as uh, Nick Foles' replacement after getting injured in that first quarter uh, for the Jaguars, and the kid was pretty good. He was twenty-two and twenty-five. Had two uh, two touchdowns and only one interception, you know. Yeah, pretty accurate believe, out man. there. That's a that's a yeah, that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good day for 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 Minshew. Uh, we'll probably start this Sunday too, so we'll see if he can do it again. I know Jacksonville's hoping he can because they were they were counting on Foles, and uh, he's going to be out for a while with a with a broken shoulder. Yeah, no t- tough break for Foles, but exciting for Gardner Minshew. Uh, you know, this Cougar organization continues to be on the rise. Some pro players coming along, and you know, this year they're. Ranked twenty right now, so they're they're off to a good start. All right, one more uh, one more team here. Talk to me about Eastern. I love Eastern, man. They uh, so basically they had a, that tough game against UW last week. You know, yeah, hammer. They got paid got paid to come here, so that's what that was. And they played a, a basically a D two team. I think uh, Lindenwood crushed them fifty nine thirty one in their warm up game. Quarterback threw five hundred twenty two yards, five touchdowns, just. Uh, you know, second best passing day in school history. Pretty good numbers for them. The next game is on against Jacksonville State on the road. Game's going to be available on ESPN Plus if you want to check it out. All right, so that is the uh, the college wrap up here. Get that out of the way uh, and uh, move on here. Move away from football. We're done with it. we're done with football here, right? Football. Yeah, let's go to the other football. I'll go to the other football. You want to start with the start with the Sounders? I can start with the Sounders. What's uh, what are the Sounders doing here? 
So Sounders, uh, you know, they're chugging along here. There's about a month left in the season. Yeah, they are they hanging are on big. to uh, second place in the Western Conference right now. Uh, another up and uh, kind of up and down season, but on the up, right? Right. So, you know, most seasons they start the, the year off pretty slow. But this year they've just kind of – they had a great start in the season, and since then they've been playing kind of 500 balls, staying in second place. Last week they actually lost 2 nothing on the road to Colorado Rapids. Uh, they got a home game this week on Sunday against New York Red Bulls. So – Big game. Red Bulls are always, uh, you know, a top top of the Eastern Conference. So, uh, going to be exciting. Check that out. Games at twelve thirty in the uh, in the afternoon. Okay, one more uh, one more soccer note here. The uh, the Rain FC uh, got their season going on. Uh, they are fifth uh, in their league with thirty points. They're one point behind the fourth and final playoff spot uh, as they get into it. Tell me about the Rain. Yeah, Rain. Three games left in the season. Last week they won three to one. Uh, they scored. All three goals in the first 17 minutes. Uh, then there was a big two-hour two-hour rain delay. I think it was the same rain delay that that might have affected the the UW game. But uh, yeah, they they they're, they're just looking to win out right now and try to get that last playoff spot. Uh, Cheney Stadium's been a great home for them since they moved to Tacoma, uh, selling a lot of a lot of tickets and having good crowds and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not sure if Megan Rapinoe's currently playing, but uh, they're you know the team's still doing pretty pretty well. Just that one point out. Yeah, I got some friends down there in Tacoma. They love going to those games. They say it's a great time. I, I lived out there for the longest time, and they, they, they love uh, going to those games over there at Cheney Stadium. Baseball stadium, use it for soccer. Apparently it's a good uh, a good time. I, I didn't make it down there this year either. Uh, okay, so uh, you want to talk. Let's talk uh, uh, from uh, from football to, to the round ball here. Let's talk about the, uh, the defending WNBA champion, Seattle Storm, who are getting uh, ready to start their uh, defense in the playoffs as the number six seed in the WNBA. Of course, difficult season for the Storm, losing their, their top two players, Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart, right off the bat and uh, and ruled out for the season. Bird officially ruled out for the playoffs. Uh, so the two of them, that's uh, that's the GOAT and the MVP, ruled out for the year, and yet somehow uh, the Storm find their way uh, to the playoffs again as the, as the number six seed, getting to go in on Wednesday up there in Everett with a, a a one-and-done uh, elimination game. Uh, the WNBA's got two rounds of one-and-done elimination games before they go to a, a best-of-series. So uh, so tell me about the Storm. What are the, what, what are you seeing here, Marku? Yeah, so Storm finished the season, you know, third in the Western Conference, six, uh, six seed in WNBA. So, uh, you know, interesting season. Had a bit of a hot start and then just kind of, uh, you know, been really inconsistent going Going 500, kind of like the Sounders have been doing, but uh, they they they're they, you know, they've been missing their stars. So they they without Brianna Stewart and without Sue Bird, uh, the the worry is can Natasha Howard carry the workload? Uh, she is a she she has a a good you know down low game, but is that enough to to stop them? And, and when when she gets to play Brittany Griner in the upcoming rounds, which probably will, uh, can can she stop her alone? Because last year we had Brianna Stewart to help out. Um, you know that's that's the issue. Uh, you know, and we're we're currently playing at in Everett tomorrow night. The game's going to be televised nationally on ESPN two. So make sure to check it out. Uh, yeah, the big, game tomorrow night game. against against the uh, the Minnesota Lynx uh, coming here to Everett for a, a one and done on Wednesday night in Everett. Uh, winner plays uh, another one and done this weekend on on Saturday uh, on the the fifteenth, uh, and then uh, after that it moves to a best of five for the semifinals uh, uh, around there. Uh, so this uh, this Minnesota Lynx team uh, coming in, the Minnesota Lynx are the let me see here. They are the seventh seed. Seattle, of course, the sixth seed. Minnesota Lakes, uh, the 
seventh seed. Now Seattle's got a, a three and four all-time record in the playoffs against the Lynx, and a three and four record this year, including that game back in July where uh, where Howard dropped 33 on them. Uh, so uh, you were saying that Howard had a great season, really stepped up uh, for this one. So did uh, so did Jordan Canada and and Alicia Clark, who has has got a, a league best 48.1 three-point field goal percentage uh, right now uh, for the Storm. Uh, so this, uh, they got, they got a shot at this, you know, like let's, let's even without the goat, even without the MVP, this storm team is no one to sneeze at. They are uh, a good team. I like their chances here against the Lynx. They beat them three or four times this year. Uh, get up there. We'll see them beat the Lynx. And then, uh, then on Saturday, uh, they will, uh, let me see who do the, who do they play here? I think the, the storm would play LA, uh, they, if they, uh, if they win, uh, in the next round, uh, this weekend. So, so good luck to the storm. Uh, I think they got a shot at this and, uh, and, uh, defend that title. You know what I mean? Let's get another parade. It's the city of champions. Uh, absolutely. man. I think, I think Seattle's got a good chance to win this game too. Jordan Canada, like you said, she's been phenomenal. She's been running circles around defenses. So 9.8 points a game. Back. Five point two assists. Love it. Yeah, let's get another parade. That's what I'm talking about. City of Champions, Seattle, Washington. Okay, from the uh, from the city of champions to about the farthest from it. It's uh, we've gone. Let's see. It's about uh, about 35, 36 minutes into the show. Let's talk about the Mariners, Marku. Uh, oh man. The less said about this team right now, the better, uh, as they are coming off a, a terrible run, including uh, including a loss on Sunday in which they gave up more runs uh, than the Seahawks did. Yeah, they lost twenty-one to one against Ugh. the Astros. They're, it is the Astros, but still. Exactly. I mean, they're at a six-game losing streak right now. Currently losing right now uh, to the Reds in the bottom, in the top of the eight. So teams are struggling, man. The process is real, and it's really hard to watch. So uh, you know, I'm happy it's almost over. Yeah, it's it's a rough season to be honest with you. It's tough, a tough one to follow. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to do what, when on this team or where, but uh, I, I like what they're building. I like what they're doing, but it is just uh, the dregs right now, and they're going to get pounded. We got two home stands left uh, here this uh, this week and and weekend, and then the final week and weekend of the season. The final homestands of the year for the for the uh, the last place uh, processing Seattle Mariners. We talked about this. We knew it was going to be this way uh, uh, this season, but it is it is really been it really been tough. You lose twenty one to one. That is not a fun game under any account. No, not at all. I mean, they've also just been super inconsistent in every aspect of the game: defense, offense. Uh, you know, almost getting no hit three times this season. It actually happened once. You know, so it's just a uh, it's just been a rough season for the Mariners. There's been a couple of bright spots with J.P. Crawford, you know, having some shining moments of the throw and all that stuff. But, but and D- Danny Vogelbach with the All Star Game appearance. But yeah, it's just the process is really tough to watch, and it's it's hard to really say we know, uh, you know, you know, with the process you guys had in Philly, you know, you guys had pieces to build around, and I don't know what we're really building around here. So it's kind of tough. It is at the moment. It's hard to know who's staying and who's going. It seems like even the people we thought were were going to be building blocks and, and strong pieces have had their their struggles. Although I think uh, I think Kikuchi is is going to be there. I think he's had a, a 
a, a decent season again, not what we had hoped. Uh, it's good to see. It's good to see the young players come up. I like J.P. Crawford at, at shortstop. I, I like that the infield is 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 settling. Uh, just needs some pitching. Hey, speaking of pitching, Felix uh, back for this uh, end of the season here. Made it his way back to Seattle. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Felix after this season? He's been not pitching like the Felix of old, but like the Felix of new, with an ERA up around six. He did not. He was the one who started off the, that fiasco on Sunday against the Astros and gave up, you know, a hundred runs before uh, before they pulled him from the game. And then the bullpen gave up another hundred. Uh, but uh, but <laughs> Felix Hernandez back. Uh, take uh, take a chance to go see him. Uh, remember the good times uh, with Felix out there uh, in Seattle. Might as well head out to the ballpark this weekend. Speaking of remember the good times, is the the Ichiro remembrance. I'm going to try and get to that one. I actually haven't been to a game this year. I feel like the worst fan. But you know, with the baby, it's just hard to get out on a to a to a baseball game. I got to try and get up uh, to one here in the last home stands. As we were saying, last home stands for the Mariners. Uh, Reds this week, White Sox this weekend. Then they head to Pittsburgh. They head to Baltimore, uh, and they come back to face the Astros for two and the uh, the Athletics for four uh, to end out the season uh, for that, that final night, uh, uh, final, uh, final month of the season here. And uh, then it will finally be over for the Mariners and their fans, and we can, we can watch the Seahawks with impunity. <laughs> yeah, let's get some uh, more college basketball going. Get some more college basketball <laughs> going. There it is. All right, so what do we have I'm left excited, here? Man. What do we have left here, Marku? Uh, so- we're just gonna wrap up. You know, we had some 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 minor league teams finish up. The Rainiers, uh, they finished the season off 61-78. Uh, they open up next year at home, April 9th at Cheney Stadium, the 61st season in Tacoma. So tough season for the Rainiers. They finished last place in their division because you know they're just dealing with a lot of transitions and yeah, everybody gets traded everybody gets up called up yeah it's terrible when when uh, yeah, it's uh, terrible. the fish rots from the head and uh this uh this one is uh the, the mariners just affected everybody on down the minor league line yeah and the aqua Sox, they finished off the season uh 37 39 up in everett uh you know just a pretty average season for them i love the aqua Sox. they're always fun to kind of cover and watch because you know they always have uh like they had felix Fernandez play earlier this year and you see some of the guys that we traded for the really young guys come, come play there. So, uh, you know, just a regular season for, you know, just an average season all around in the minors. So happy that's all over to be honest. Yeah. Nice to, nice to be done with, with that. Not, not great seasons anywhere for baseball here in the Pacific Northwest. A couple of great moments. Uh, but again, I'm going to get out to the park this weekend. If I can, it is uh, your last chance to, to see some baseball here. And uh, I always, always take the opportunity when I can. All right, Marku, that's about what we have for the show this week. Uh, we got one more thing I want to talk about here at the end, because while we were gone, a Seattle team, one of the new Seattle sports teams, finally got named. Uh, no, unfortunately, it is not the NHL team. That is still called NHL Seattle. Instead, the XFL team. That's right, Seattle's XFL team starting next year picked up its official name. We are the Seattle Dragons. Marku, what do you think of this? Seattle Dragons, I don't really understand it. Fans seem to like it, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, I put a poll out on Twitter, and people actually don't hate the name. Uh, I, I don't know. The colors in the name don't really you know, remind me of Seattle, but let's go, Dragons. I hope they signed uh, Jake Browning because I remember I, I remember hearing a lot of people at that UW game saying, we miss Browning. So uh, <laughs> let's see him back in Seattle. 
Here's what it says. I hate this name, by the way. This to me is the it's the Toronto Raptors name here. We talked about this with a hockey team. You can't go with the gimmick exactly. name, which would be the Kraken. I think they took the gimmick name. In fact, I said the gimmick name of our era would be the Dragons because of the Game of Thrones thing. And here we are it, in Seattle with the Seattle Dragons. Here's what the press release says. Rising from the turbulent sea beneath the darkening skies of their weather-hardened home. Relentless, ruthless, ravenous, not of mythology, but of muscle and might, not of folklore, but of football. This is your darkest fantasy in cleats, the Seattle Dragons, breathing fire. I, I can't wait to see what he does with this league. There's a, I, I, I'm in. Let's see what happens. Hey, better than whatever. Let me, I don't know if you saw the last list of XFL names. I think these ones are much better. <laughs> well, you're, you're saying the extreme is not the team. The, uh, the Hitman wasn't that the one out of Jersey was called the Hitman. Uh, I have no idea. I was, you know, for my time, Lester, you know what these teams, Oh, fuck you. These teams, are, <laughs> these teams are so generic to me. The renegades, the roughnecks, the wildcats, the guardians, the battle Hawks, the dragons, the vipers and defenders. This is, these are the teams you would see in a movie that didn't want to spend the money on the rights, uh, for, or, or, or like a video game that didn't want to spend the money on the exactly. rights. Exactly. It's a t- exactly that's what I was thinking. The, the video game stuff. It looks just like like any logo you see when you pick a generic logo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess go dragons. They'll be here next year. Let's uh, let's see what they can do. I won't write them off. Uh, you know, I will write them off, but uh, not yet. Let's say let's uh, let's go with it. The Seattle Dragons. All right, that's uh, that's our show for this week on the Wash. Our thanks to the Guru for joining us to talk uh, to talk a little Seahawks. You can find him with me on Trash Talk Radio every weekend and on his own there on Instagram every day at Guru's Film Room. Marku, of course, you can find on uh, on Seattle's Sports. That's Seattle's Sports over there on Twitter with the S. And uh, you can find uh, the Wash everywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. Do us a favor, leave us a review, uh, leave us a comment. Uh, my name is Lestro, and remember, if it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the water.